Welcome to the Gods to Ghost Volleyball Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Bemke. This week's podcast is a continuation of our original interview with Bill and Wale. Today we're going to feature part two in the conclusion of that interview. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in. Now, throughout your career, you ended up winning four Opens from 70 through 79. Yeah. Which uh, which win was your favorite, and then uh, and then after that, what were some of the most memorable m- matches that you played, and who they were against, and and uh, why were they special? Well, I think that any time we won Santa Cruz three times, and we won Clara Del Mar once, and those were those are what I would call my home, you know, home beaches. I grew up in San, you know, fly like I told you earlier. Yeah. Santa Cruz to me was a big deal. So we won that three times and we beat them and, and Coro del Mar, I lived in Coro del Mar for a, for a long time too. And so those, those are, those are all special. Anytime you win an open, it's special. I can't pick out, you know, one or, or, or another. They they were all super special. And, and again, playing with your best friend was, was even more special. Um, the other thing, I had a, I only played with, uh, with Bobby Jackson twice. And we got a second and a third. And I wish I would have played with Bobby more times, but I, I don't know why we didn't. But again, it's just it's the way it worked out. But I tell you, I played with Bobby Jackson, and I never said a word when we were playing. I was I was I was Matt Gage when I played with Bob Jackson. I never said a word. I just because Bobby was was way more uh, hyper than I was. You know, you have to keep you have to keep Bobby under control because he would he would get he would get upset easily. And, but I'll tell you, it was a pleasure to play with Bob Jackson. I mean, he was great. And we played, uh, I think we played, we played Matt and Mike Carey twice that year. I think it was 76. And, uh, and, uh, I think we played him at, uh, Sorrento and we played him at, uh, Hermosa. And, and we beat, we beat him. And, and Bobby had played with Mike Carey quite a bit too. And so it was like opposite partners playing against each other. And, and so, and so it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, uh, uh, beating, beating, it was, a, it was a good, good feeling beating Matt every once in a while, you know, cause you, <laughs> he was so good. It was a good beating Matt every once in a while. And so we, we, we happened to beat him, uh, twice. And then, and then another thing, I don't know if you've ever heard of, uh, Phil Anderson. Has anybody ever told you about Phil Anderson? Was he a bigger guy from, uh, the Laguna area or taller guy? Yeah. So here, so Phil Anderson, this was, Oh God, this was 70, it was 70, uh, so it was the fall of 75, spring of 76. And it was, uh, again, the California drought. And every day, almost every day was, was picture perfect. We didn't, we didn't end, the, the summer never ended. It was just gorgeous. So we were at the beach every day. And Phil Anderson was about 6'3", <laughs> giant afro, and was an unbelievable basketball player, but he could jump uh, out of out of the sand and hit with his left hand or his right hand. It, it, either way, either way, set the ball beautifully. Had a little trouble bump setting, uh, bump, bumping the ball on the serve. So we we played together almost the whole whole uh, fall and spring. And I told Phil, I said, "Well, let's we'll play a couple tournaments in '76." I said, "I said we'll play because he had played with Selznick ten years earlier and got second in Laguna when he was I don't know, 22, 23 years old." So I said, we'll go to Santa Cruz and play. And he wasn't even rated at the time. So we went up to Santa Cruz and we got, I think it's seventh. So, so Phil got his double A. And people are going crazy because here's this guy. Now it's seven, like he's 76. He's got the fro and he's just jumping out of the gym. And so then we went to Santa Cruz. When we played Laguna and we played, we played Matt and Von Hagen in the quarterfinals. And, and, uh, 
and the Laguna guys were all going crazy. I mean, they were screaming and yelling, and it was just, and Von Hagen didn't like that. Matt didn't like that. <laughs> and, and we ended up beating them in the corners. And we ended up, we ended up, uh, I think we ended the, the Gage and Von Hagen era. <laughs> I think that was the last tournament they played together. But we ended up, uh, uh, playing Jim and Greg in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, finals of the winner's bracket. And, and so Phil Anderson went from nothing at the start of the summer to AAA in two tournaments. So that's, that's the kind of player he was. He was, he was incredible. He, he could, he was, he was, he was a specimen to play. And no, nobody really, you know, some of the older guys know, Buzz knows who he is, and Matt knows him, obviously, but, but a lot of guys don't, don't know who Phil Anderson was, and he was a great player. Great player. Was, uh... I think getting, getting the third with him in Laguna that year was, was one of the special, special times I had, too. Was, uh, wasn't Pete Ott uh, a Laguna guy that, you know, not a lot of people knew about, but he would play down there from time to time and was a oh, bit of an yeah. eclectic personality? Um, but he could, he could really play, play well. Um, I always think yeah. it's kind of neat to hear about come, some of these off the radar type guys, but those who saw him locals wise, he was, uh, a very talented guy. Oh, he was absolutely, uh, he, he'd come down every once in a while and he'd play at Laguna and he played with, with Valley a couple times. I think he played with John a couple times and I think they got a second or, or a third in, in some open, but he, yeah, he was another guy that looked, I mean, <laughs> He could just he could just crush the ball from anywhere, you know. He jumped really high, but he was, he was a uh, he was kind of a renaissance guy. He was, he was, he was into a lot of different things, but no, he was he was another guy from Laguna that's just really really good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of all the uh, countless legendary players and characters from that era that you played in, I'm going to mention uh, a handful of them here now, one at a time. Bill, and I think it's always neat to get a perspective from someone like you about, you know, maybe a funny story or whatever comes to mind first or what made them so talented or, um, you know, whatever you feel you want to share about that player and then we'll move on to the next one. So uh, you talked a bit about Lang earlier, but is there anything else that you want to share about Lang and, and uh, you know, what made him so special? Uh, something funny he did or what you learned from him, that sort of thing. Again, I, and I didn't see, you know, Ron, when we were playing against him, he was, you know, he's probably early 30s, so I never saw Ron Lang in his prime, you know, and, and, but he was a fabulous player. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. He had, he had the brains and the strategy and the skill to do anything he wanted. He had one of the greatest cut shots from the right side you'd ever seen, and, and he was just, you know, he was cocky, and, <laughs> and he was, he just looked at you and said, you know, and I like Sorrento, you know, see ya, you know, <laughs> I mean, that, that was the attitude, you know, and, you know, you're, you're, you're lucky to be on the same court as me, you know, but, but like I said, if you ever talked to him, he knew, he knew so much about volleyball that, it, you know, I could, I could sit all day and just talk to him and learn, learn from him. And I'm sure a lot of the guys feel the same way. The guys that hung out at Sorrento just would, you know, pick his brain a little bit and you, you'd be a better player for it. That's for sure. How about Rose Duncan? Oh, Rose Duncan. Oh, God, Rose Duncan. Well, we played on the same IVA team, uh, co-ed pro league, and she, she, we were on the same team. And she is, she, besides being really, really good, obviously, and she was, she, and her and Matt played mixed together all the time, and they did really, really well. But Rose was one of the funniest people I've ever been around in my entire life. If, if you went to a practice, we would go to a practice, and, and I would laugh more than anybody else around because she made, she, she made, she made drudgery pleasant. <laughs> and, and, and I, every time I, and I haven't seen Rose in ages, but, but every time I was around Rose, she was, she just made you laugh. She just had a great personality and, and was a great volleyball player. But, uh, but I'll never, you know, she was, she, she was just, just a great, great personality on the beach. Not quite, not quite Kathy Gregory personality, but, but a great personality. Yeah, well, yeah, that, who is, right? <laughs> uh, you talked a little bit about him earlier, but uh, Bobby Jackson, I know he was one half of the uh, 93 Manhattan Beach Open uh, Championship along with Fred. Um, yeah. So what, do you, what can you tell me about uh, Bobby Jackson? He was, a, he was a pleasure to play with. He played the right side, and 
He could he hit the ball really well, played really, really good defense, set the ball fantastically, and uh he just had to keep you know, like like I said, I turned into Matt Gage. I just had to keep Bobby if you played with Bobby, you just had to keep him positive. You know, not let him get upset with the other team or the referees or whatever, but but uh, you know, what a joy to play with. I mean, you know, he, he carried me to a second and a third, so uh uh, he, he, he to me is, was, was a great player, no doubt about it. And then uh, his uh, his buddy and, and partner for a while there, Fred Zulich. <laughs> you know, I never played with Fred. I played against Fred a bunch of times when he was playing. A lot of times he was playing with Dennis Hare. Uh, and, and, and Fred was a puka shell necklace, and you know, and, and he was he, he was uh, he, he was great. He he hit the ball hard for a guy. You know, about the same size as I was, he hit the ball really hard and really, 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 you know, passed well, set well, you know, very competitive, and, 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 you know, and, and, you know, go to a party with a friend and he just, uh, you know, he, he was a, he was a, what did, what did they say? He was a big magnet at the time. I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay, so when he told me that about himself, he, he wasn't just, uh, uh, bragging, it's it's legitimate, I guess. Now I've heard it from you. No, no, so. it's, no it's legit. <laughs> um, what about Hoop the Scoop, Gary Hooper? Hoopy was Hoopy. I played with Hoopy one time at Laguna, and I, I can't. Remember. I think we maybe got a fifth or something. But but it was another thing. One of those you know Wednesday night phone calls. But uh, Hoopy was Hoopy was, and he 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 might have even been shorter than I was, but had a great arm swing, dug balls, unbelievable. Digger of balls, and him and OB were a perfect team. They were a perfect team together, and, and, uh, and they were they were tough to beat. Hoopy Hoopy hit the ball really really good, and, and like I said, he set really really well, and he and he played great defense. He, he's a good he's a good good player for his size. He was he was really good. Yeah, I liked Hoopy, and he and he and he. And he had a twinkle in his eye most of the time too. Like you never knew what was going to come out of his mouth because he was, a, <laughs> and, he, and he was another surfer like me. You know, he, he was a he was another surf guy. You know, so we got along real good. I liked Hoopy a lot. Now uh, let's uh, get to your two Long Beach State roommates, or well, our teammates, I should say, uh, as we like to call him, uh, along with his dad, Hoppy um, Buzz Swartz, nine zero two five four royalty. <laughs> Not anybody better than Buzz. Buzz was Buzz. I played with Buzz a couple, probably three or four times. And, you know, always did really well with Buzz. He was he's a funny guy. You know, I used to surf with his dad. I used to surf with with Hoppy. I used to surf with his dad. But uh, but uh, Buzz was great. He could play either side. He could play the left or the right. And uh, one of the few guys that could do that back in those days, who could go from left side to right side, which wasn't that easy. And uh, you know, he he played great defense. And uh, and hit the ball really really well, and, and it's just he was just a pleasure to play with because he was he was he was he was he was he was just steady as a rock. You know, Buzz was just steady. He never he never made too many mistakes. You know, every once in a while, his setting his setting would go off. But Buzz's Buzz's, Buzz's famous statement when he set the ball was, "Well, it spun forward." <laughs> <laughs> and we go, we go. Well, Buzz, it's still spun. But it spun forward. Now Buzz was great. I mean, like I said, I I learned I learned everything from Buzz Schwartz. Just being around him, playing with him, playing against him. I mean, he, he he's he's up there in my uh, in my uh, gods. Are you talking about uh, gods? You know, he's he's up there with one of my gods. That's for sure. Yeah, by all accounts, he was one of those guys that would even congratulate the other team when they made a good play against him, which you can't say oh, yeah. about a lot of people. Yeah. No, we throw sand at him. Quit being so nice, Buzz. <laughs> yeah, quit yeah. being so nice, Buzz. I'm gonna throw the ball back at him. Yeah, I, I think that uh, his integrity and uh, that you know all those things that he had going for him served him well. Then uh, in the fire department, there where he, he uh, oh, yeah. did uh, some pretty amazing things uh, by all accounts. So yeah, um, how about Matt Gage, your uh, Long Beach State frat brother? Well, I, I think I. I I've talked a lot. I've given Matt too much of a build-up here, you know. I'm yeah, gonna... yeah. He he said, make sure you get as much information on him as you can. He's, I got to get him back for the whipping me like a horse thing. Yeah, no, Matt, <laughs> Matt was 
Just kidding. That was, like I said, that was my best man at my wedding. And I mean, I think he doesn't, he doesn't, no, he doesn't get any nicer than Matt Gage. Let's just do that. No matter where he is, whether he's on the court or he's off the court, you don't get any good. There's not, there's, there's not, there's not as many people that I know with the, uh, with the integrity of a Matt Gage. That's for sure. I mean, that goes beyond volleyball. He's just, he's just a special guy, you know, special guy. You know, we, we talk maybe two or three times a year and, you know, what's going on, what he was doing, you know, and it's just like we have, you know, it's just like we, you know, saw each other the day before at the beach or something, but no, he's, he, he's class personified. That's about, his, that's about all I can say about Matt. I bet you guys are looking forward to the uh, the reunion and be inducted onto that uh, Wall of Fame. You, Buzz, and, and Matt, that'll be in for Long Beach State this spring in March or April or something along li- those lines. It, yeah, it's it's actually March second. I'm looking forward to it because I haven't I haven't seen Matt in a long, I haven't seen Matt in a long time. I haven't seen Buzz. God, you know, I haven't seen Buzz since we were on the same team. We won the 1992. 45s in the national nationals, the indoor nationals, and Buzz was on our. This was a hell of a team. We had Buzz, Butch May, Miles Pabst, Rudy Sawara, Ernie Sawara, and I set a five-one. That was far none the most fun I've ever had in volleyball (laughs) in the the nationals. I mean, it was just I I I never had so much fun. I mean, I. Uh, and I haven't seen any of those guys. I haven't seen those guys since 1992. Well, I saw Rudy a couple times. He came over to Hawaii. But uh, but uh, uh, what a what a what a team we had, ne- we had never practiced together. I flew in from Hawaii, and it was like we just had a great time. <laughs> and and to, and and to be around the Sawara brothers for any length of time, uh, uh, it was like being around going to a Don Rickles show. He just laughed so hard. It made your stomach hurt. The Tasmanian Devil and then uh, Ernie, huh? Oh, Ernie. Unbelievable. Ernie. And Ernie was probably, well, I was 45. Ernie was probably 47, maybe 48. And at the end, we were playing. <laughs> I just turned around to Ernie and I said, Ernie, you're getting every set. And his, <laughs> eyes got, his eyes got big and I've never seen. I mean, he's 47 or 48 years. He was pounding the ball. If there was a block in the way, he didn't make any difference. It was going to go, it was going to go 40 feet out of bounds if he even hit the block. But I mean, he just, he was just, he was a phenomenal guy, phenomenal player. I mean, I just, I had, I, like I said, I, that was, that's been pretty, I was about one or two highlights of my, uh, of my volleyball career was playing with those guys for sure. Gosh, do you have any pictures from the weekend? Those would be pretty golden. You know, I do, I think I sent you some pictures. Yeah, you did. I, I don't know if I have saw anything in there from those, but uh, I'll look through them yeah, again. Yeah, there, there was there was a team picture. There was a team picture, and then there was an all. Then there was, the next one was an all American picture of the guys that we we got all American that year. Okay. And I think uh, Miles and Rudy, Ernie, and I got all American in that piece. But, but we played. I mean, Butch May was. We played with Butch. And he was he was great. He was great. And Buzz, Buzz for the first couple. I think it was like four days or whatever it was. But I mean, you know, Buzz was like God for two days, and then and then Buzz was taped up like the mummy. From the <laughs> 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 you know, it was, it was the it was, Buzz was like the Ben game Ben game mummy. Yeah, you know? I believe it. Because we had, we, had, we 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 were getting a little long in the tooth, and we uh, you know we we played a lot of matches, but it but it was fun. I mean, like I said, that was the fun I've ever had playing volleyball. Period. You know, I, I asked Coach Skates over his 50-year career there at UCLA, and, I mean, you, we talked about this already, from Kilgore to Becker to Karch to Doug Partee to Reed Sunahara, I mean, you, you name it, um, who the hardest hitter he had there was, and he, without hesitation, said Ernie Sawara. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's so, no doubt. I wish I would have uh, seen some footage of, of him unloading on a ball. I heard it was a sight to behold. Yeah, I'm just glad. I'm just glad when he was young, I wasn't on the other side of the court. <laughs> yeah, you would have wanted to bend it in uh, full plate mail armor against that guy. Absolutely. Uh, for my final two uh, uh, players from your era, let's start with uh, Skip the Whip Allen. Yeah, Skip. <laughs> I think I played with Skip once. It was another one of these things. Like I don't. I forget how we got together. It was one of the last tournaments of the year. 
I'd been playing in the IVA in, uh, in, in, I think it was 70, it must have been 75, but I was playing in the IVA, and uh, I wasn't having a good time <laughs> in the IVA. Other than Rose Duncan, I was not having a good time, and uh, I, uh, I, I think I finagled myself to get fired from that meeting from playing in the IVA, because I was not a happy camper, and, and, uh, and so I think there was, a, there was a tournament at Mission Beach, and uh, Skip and I got together. And, uh, you know, it, and it was, it was a money tournament too. I mean, it was one of the first, it was a Winston Open, so I think it was, there was a little money involved. And so, uh, Skip and I played together and, and, uh, we ended up getting second. And, uh, and he was a pleasure. <laughs> Cause we were both left side players and I, I kind of talked him into playing the right and I played the left and, and, uh, God, what a, what a, what a pleasure he was to play with. He was just, he was super. He was a super, he was a super player. It's another guy that if you didn't have any Becker on your four man or six man team, Skip Allen was your second choice because he, he was unbelievable in six man and four man, but he was, he was a great, you know, he was a great beach player too. He, he was, he was, and he was, and he was not that tall either, but he jumped really high and had just a whip of an arm. Yeah, that's, that's what I've heard. He, uh, I asked Mike Storm and Norman who, Five of the best hitters were that he saw, and he said Allen would, uh, that guy could lay down some hate. Yeah, he could. <laughs> he could. And now, finally here, um, on a bit of a sad note, um, Mike Carey was uh, someone else from your era that played and unfortunately um, has just recently passed away. So take as much time as you want here to kind of talk about the great things about when he was a competitor and as a person. Um, and anything else that you you want to share uh, about Mike Carey here? Yeah, Mike Carey was was, a, was a, talk about a grinder. He was a grinder. He 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 got the most he got the most out of what ability Mike. I mean, he had quite a quite a bit of ability, but he would give he would give a hundred and ten percent on every single point. I I had the pleasure of playing with Mike once or twice, and and it was. And it, was, and it was one of those Wednesday phone calls, and both of us didn't have a partner. We both played the left side, so Mike, so I played the right side with with, with Mike, and uh, we played we played a tournament at Marine, at Marine Street, and this was one of Mike's. Mike lived at 16th Street. He lived, he lived right above Matt on 16th Street for most of. So Marine Street was one of one of uh, Mike's you know home home bases. So we decided to play. And if I and if I didn't practice the right side for a week or so, I was not that good on the right. But we we, we said we're going to play. So this is Marine Street. I think we lost in the first or second round. Marine Street, and we were not good. And then we got into Sunday, and and then all of a sudden we started playing really really good. And uh, I think Matt was playing with uh, Fred Zulich in that tournament. So Mike and I came all the way through the losers bracket and got fourth. And we, we thought we were pretty damn, we thought we were pretty darn good. Cause I think we, <laughs> I think we, I, I think we had seen Von Hagen and Jackson and a couple other really good teams because we, all of a sudden we just, you know, just clicked. I was, you know, I got a little, I got more practice playing the right. But that's basically beside the point. So I, I, I had gone to Marine Street with some guys from Corona Del Mar. Okay. I, I got a ride with those guys. And I, I had my, I brought my pillow. <laughs> and, and so, so, so we ended up getting fourth, and I'm looking around. There's nobody from Corona Del Mar here. I have no, I have no way of getting home <laughs> back to uh, back to Laguna. I have no way of getting home. There's nobody around. Nobody's going south. This is the kind of guy Mike Carey was. Mike Carey says, "Bill, no problem. I'll drive you down. I'll drive you home." Oh wow! So I mean, it's, an, it's at least an hour to Laguna from from Manhattan Beach or Hermosa. And here he is, the nicest guy in the world, drives me all the way home. And then has to drive all the way back after we played in the tournament. I mean, that's, that's my carry in a nutshell. The nicest guy you ever wanted to meet. I mean, I, I, I've looked up to Mike several times for that story. And I played with him a couple times when he moved to Maui and I was living on the big island. And, uh, I'd go over to Maui and, 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 uh, he'd be playing, uh, play, we'd play volleyball together over there in Maui. But what a what a great what a great guy what a what a loss because he played with Matt he played with Bobby Jackson he, he played with Tennis Hare I mean he played he played with a lot of good players and he he did really really well he was a good player 
Yeah, by all accounts, uh, a very good player and even better man. So, uh, so yeah. it always makes sad when uh, some of these great characters and players from uh, that era are no longer with us. So, um, thanks for sharing yeah, that. Not, I think that we're was we're not getting any. We're not getting any younger. That's for sure. I've got a. Well, we talked a bit about um, uh, players that you you played with or, or saw here. So let's move along now to. Uh, our uh, top five list. So let's uh, let's hear who were the five most impressive hitters you've ever seen. Well, in my again, just in my era, I would say Henry Bergman number one, Tom Shumalis number two, Von Hagen number three, Rundle number four, and I'm going to put Matt at number five. That's quite a list there. That's that's you know again I've left a lot of guys off, but but just. You know, Henry Bergman was unbelievable, obviously. Tom was unbelievable. Von Hagen hit the ball wherever he wanted to. You could not, you could not read where he was going to hit it. Rundle would be the same thing. Rundle didn't hit the ball as hard as Tom Schmalz, but he could place it anywhere he wanted to. And Matt, prior to his, uh, rider syndrome back in the early 70s, like I said, he, he could just, he could just crush the ball straight down with, with you know, anywhere he wanted to put it straight down. And nobody would dig him. So those are my, those are my five. Those are my five hitters. Now, again, it's just my opinion. <laughs> you know, when you talk to people, it's a horse apiece. You know, whether it was Bergman or whether it was Shamalis, what was the difference there? What was it about Henry that made him such a you know a must see? If you were at the beach, I, I've heard that even when he hit the ball, it made a different sound than others when it when it hit the sand. I mean. It's just mind-blowing to me. It's almost like he's, like, like, when I hear people talk about him and Schmalz, that they're, like, superheroes. I'm like, they couldn't have done that stuff. You know what I mean? And then when I talk to people, they're like, yes, it's all true. I mean, here's, here's a rule we used to have. Jimmy, but I think Jimmy said it, too. That if you were playing Henry and whoever he was playing with, and uh, you got way behind, well, you had to serve Henry because the crowd wanted to see him hit. And if you didn't, if you didn't serve Henry, you could boot off the court. And as soon as you served it to him, and, and he went up to hit, there would be like a, oh, oh, you know, you hear this hush and, and loud thing from the, from the, from the people around the court, because you knew he was just going to destroy the ball. And he hit, he hit down, and he hit, he left side, he hit him, almost hit like a cross court with, with a, I don't know, what do they call it now, wrist away or whatever they call it. And that ball would just explode off his hand. I mean, he was, he was incredible. There's no doubt about it. He, he hit the ball really, really hard. Tom hit the ball just hard, but he, but he moved it around a little bit. He, he would move the ball around a little bit. Henry would hit it and say, you know, screw you, you're not going to dig it anyway. And, and Tommy would hit the ball really, really hard. And if you ever hit a riser at you, you just wanted to get off the court because he could kill you. Oh, wow. Gosh, I wish I would have been there to see that. Yeah, well, I was there to see it, and I didn't like it at all. <laughs> uh, now, what about uh, the five best diggers? Well, I've got uh, Lane, Jamalis, Mingus, Buzz, and again, the Sinjin was just starting up when I was starting when, when I was, you know, ending my career, and I think Sinjin was one hell of a digger too. But Ron Lang, I thought was the best. Tommy was for guy his size. He was so quick. It was a joke. Mingy was just, he hit a ball around Mingus. He was coming up. Buzz was the same way. And, you know, Sinjin obviously was a was a great digger. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that. I know I didn't. Uh, Von Hagen said the same thing about Chamalas, is that you, you think of him as this big, uh, powerful hitter, but that he could really dig balls. Like, he was really good at getting to them. He could dig hard-driven balls. Um, he was really a, an underrated digger, so I, I think that's good that you uh, brought that to, to our attention. Oh no, he was. You know, he was. His reflexes were so quick. I mean, and like you said, he's a big guy. He's not a small guy. He's a big guy. But he, you hit the ball anywhere near him, and I know from experience, if you hit it near, it's coming back. Now, um, how about three best teams that you ever saw? I, 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 again, I listed two only for the fact that, you know, there's so many that modern day guys. Well, Von Hagen and Lang for sure. One. Greg, Greg and, Greg and Jim, two. 
and then you know you could put Karch and Karch and whoever he played with, and uh, Sinjin and and uh, Stokelitz, obviously. You know, and, and, and anybody else in the modern era were unbelievable. But in my era, the, the two best teams were Von Hagen Lang and, and, and Greg Lee and Jim Mingus by far. But then later on, you know, Karch, Karch and Sinjin were a great team. Sinjin and Stokes were a great team. And, you know, and uh, Dahlhauser and whoever he played with was a great team. But uh, for my era, it's, it's, it's Lang, Von Hagen, and Greg and Jim. To, uh, the numbers uh, back that data up too. So now, when it comes to uh, today's game, uh, what are your thoughts on the rule changes to the short court and rally scoring, and how it's affected the game, Bill? Well, I think I'm old school. <laughs> I, 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 again, this is a totally different game than when I played. Obviously, at my height, I could. I doubt if I could have competed with. What's going on today? And there's no way. Too short. Um, at six foot. <laughs> but, but I, 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 I think it's, I, and I think maybe the, the other old school guys would say the same thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a different game. We couldn't block, we couldn't block over, you know, back in, back in the seventies. You couldn't block over. The courts were bigger. You played side out volleyball, which lasted way longer than, than today's game. I, I enjoy watching today's game. But the guys are just physically so much better than, than we were and bigger and stronger, faster. And it's, it's just a total different game. The blocking, the blocking is, is really take, taking over the game. That's for sure. But, but I, I kind of, I kind of like, I kind of like the old school. <laughs> and again, I'm prejudiced, but I, but I like the old school. I can relate. And, uh, <laughs> to a man, I think most of the people from your era, obviously, you know, they appreciate the athleticism and uh, the athletes, and, you know, they got to play by the rules, so I can never hold that against the players. But it's just not not the same fun game to watch like it was, you know, because in my opinion, like you said, it took out shots and um, it took out defense and, you know, that mental toughness of some of those longer matches and, and it took the smaller guy out. So me being 5'10", of course, I've got an axe to grind. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I you know, it's, it's, I, I still watch it. I, you know, I watch it on TV, and I, and I go, Jesus Christ, these guys are all behemoths. You know, these guys are all six five, six six. You know, dollars or six ten or whatever. It's like, no, thank you, <laughs> no, thank you. I wouldn't last more than about ten seconds out there. When your playing days uh, concluded, from the best of my recollection, you ended up heading up to. Uh, up, up to Northern California and, and took over as the women's volleyball coach there for the Menlo College program. So let's hear a bit about um, how your talents uh, indoors and on the beach tra- translated as a uh, coach for that program there and what kind of successes you had during that time, Bill. Yeah, well, it was, you know, again, when I was, again, I didn't play in as many tournaments as probably I should have because, you know, I had a wife who <laughs> was telling me, you know, after you split 750 bucks at the world championships, uh, this isn't going to make it. So I, I got heavily into, in, I got heavily into tennis, heavily into tennis. And I ended up moving to Hawaii in, uh, 79, around 79, 80. I think I moved to Hawaii, got a tennis teaching job and I taught tennis in Hawaii for 20 years. And, uh, and then, my knees started to really bother me, and um, I said, "I can't, I can't be on this as much money as I'm making being a tennis a tennis pro. Uh, I can't. My knees aren't going to last." So I, I ended up calling a friend, a friend, Don Shaw, who was the coach at uh, at Stanford at the time, and I go, "Don, uh, you know of any any coaching opportunities uh, you know out there?" And he said, "Yeah, I do actually. There's because Menlo College is about oh." Ten minutes away, five minutes away from Stanford, and he goes, "Yeah, I know the AD at Menlo College." And he, he said, "Yeah, let me talk to him." So the so the AD calls me back in about ten minutes, and I fly I fly over, and uh, it's a small NAI school, and uh, and their program had pretty much reached rock bottom. And so I said, and my wife kind of wanted to move back back to the back to the mainland because. Her parents were getting any younger, and she wanted to spend some time with her folks. So 
so it worked out really well. I spent, uh, spent 10 years at, at Menlo College coaching the women's volleyball team and, and, uh, I had a, I had a great time. Uh, the program was rock bottom, so I, it had nowhere to build it up. And, uh, I was lucky enough to, uh, to recruit some really good players and, and, uh, in 10 years there, we won five, uh, five conference championships and, uh, went to the NAI Nationals twice. And, uh, and, uh, I owed all of the girls that recruited you. You recruit good, good players and, and you become a much better coach. That's for sure. But, uh, but I had a great time there and, uh, you know, again, like talking, talking to Lang and talking about, you know, I'm playing a lot of indoors. I, I had a, a vision of what, what volleyball indoors should look like. And, you know, and again, I tried to, to, uh, recruit players and, 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 um, and have them fix, fixed into what, what I, what I envisioned as good volleyball. And I was lucky enough to get some, get some, get some nice players to come and play at Menlo. So I, I had a great time at Menlo. I spent 10 years coaching the, the volleyball team and, and retired and then, and then spent, I was also a men's golf coach, which was, which was really fun too. So, so I did that. I think I was at Memo for like 12 years. That was, I had a great time. It must be nice paying it forward in the sport like that. I always think it's great when guys like you that were talented players, uh, pay it forward to the next generations on the coaching level. And who knows? We will have to send this uh, interview and video out once I get it done. And they're going to go, gosh, I never knew this all about my coach and his, uh, <laughs> collegiate and, uh, and uh, beach career, you're gonna be like, geez, I knew, who knew? That's the sad part that, that there's nothing else out there to remember you guys that way, unless someone like sends them a volleyball magazine from like 1971. <laughs> have to have John yeah. Lee send a bunch out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. No, I had some, I had some good. Well, I had a lot of connections in Hawaii, so I, I recruited heavily girls from Hawaii. I uh, heavily from Hawaii. I had. Most of most of the teams I had had at least you know three to eight players from Hawaii on my teams. Yeah, I and, they were, and they were and they were and the other thing is a lot of people didn't know about them. I had connections from living there, and so I would get phone calls saying, "Hey, you got a this is girl playing at you know X high school that's looking to play in you know in college and you know and and." Uh, you know, I lived there. The parents were really—they trusted me because I—I I lived there. So I had a I had a nice in with some of the Hawaiian Hawaiian connections there for for the Menlo team. All right. So aside from uh, the coaching aspect of it, you know, looking back on your career now, uh, from Long Beach State to the beach to coaching, um, what are you most proud of, uh, Bill? And how would you uh, like to be remembered as far as uh, what you did uh, over your career with the sport in so many ways? Hopefully, I, I hopefully I gave I gave back uh, some part of me to a game that I really liked. You know, I, I hopefully I gave I gave as much back as I got from it. You know, I just you know I <laughs> I I wish I could go out today and hit a ball, but that's impossible. <laughs> but uh, I know. I just hope I gave back, you know, some parts, some parts of me back to the sport. You know, uh, again, uh, as I got older, I mellowed. That's for sure. <laughs> and some of some of the antics I did in the seventies, I didn't do in the nineties uh, uh, and two thousands. So <laughs> that's probably what I'm most proud of that I uh, that I uh, that I mellowed and gave something back. Good stuff. Now, I've got a couple of uh, fan questions here I want to ask you before we get to our final question. So um, let's go here. I've got uh, four of them here. First and foremost, how did you earn the nickname Blowfish? You know, as best as I can recollect, it was Samuel Bunicardi who gave me the the nickname Blowfish. And uh, probably because... When I got upset, my uh, cheeks got a little uh, wide. I think, and uh, <laughs> would, would blow. Would, I would blow off a little steam. Let's say, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't exactly McEnroe, but but I was. Uh, I would get. I would get upset. Let's just say that. And I think. I think Stenow labeled that on me. Yeah. 
Yeah, and when Steno uh, gives you a nickname, you don't argue. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Didn't want to get on his bad side. We could have a whole other no. discussion about him, so we'll just cut that Absolutely. off right there. You know, being in the 70s like that, um, I'm sure the beaches were full of beautiful female fans and groupies, so um, fans want to know which beach had the, uh, the best female groupies back in the day. I don't think there was... I don't think there was a bad beach back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad beach. Of course, of course, I must have to say I was married. At the, I'm, I'm still married to the same girl. Oh yeah. But, but I was, but I have been happily married for 48 years. So, uh, so I, 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 uh, I looked, but did not uh, Google, let's say. And uh, but, but uh, and, and, you know, God dang, back back to those days, it was. Uh, it was, it, was, it was an eyeful, I'll say that. Any beach you went to, it was an eyeful. Yeah, well, you know, you, while you didn't partake in the festivities, by all accounts, uh, Mangus, OB, and Hooper more than made up for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's the, the, you could take that to the bank. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, uh, you could take that to the bank. Yeah, there, I mean, there was, yeah, I mean, it was like, holy moly. <laughs> to quote that line from uh, from Top Gun, it was a target-rich environment. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, now, being a guy that had glasses in myself, I always uh, get a kick out of uh, those photos of you back in the day playing with, um, uh, you know, the, the, the thicker glasses. So, um, no, in my opinion, in the fans' opinion, no one before or since, with the possible exception of Laker forward Kurt Rambis, could pull off wearing eyeglasses like competing at a high level in a professional sport so how did you develop that signature uh in wally uh glasses look and um and uh you know what uh what was the the story behind that bill well i, I think i said before that, you know they were like i said they weren't buddy holly glasses they were they were john <laughs> glasses you know they were they were the wire rim round glasses but but I, I, you know, I wore, I, you know, Matt wore contacts. I wore contacts for, for, for a number of years in the tournaments. But you dive, you would dive in the sand, and all of a sudden, you know, you'd have your contacts were full of sand, and it would be uncomfortable. It would hurt, and, and if you dare took them out, you know, if there was wind on the beach, but they're usually they'd be blown. You're not gonna, you're not gonna find your contact in the sand of the court. So I just, you know, I just. Went with the, with the glasses and and uh, and it was a lot less trouble and that that's the only reason I did it, it was it was just, I mean some of the pictures I I don't have glasses on and, and but but a lot of them I do simply for the fact that it was just you know inconvenient to 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 dive from a ball and and come up with sand in your, not only in your mouth but in your uh, in your eyes so that that's the reason I did the uh, I did the wire wire frame glasses yeah did anyone ever. Uh... Uh, nail one at you and, and send them flying into 50 different pieces all over the beach or were, were you able to get your hands up fast enough to uh, I, I was save lucky them? enough most of the time to get my hands up yeah I hadn't I didn't I don't think I lose, lost a pair or somebody hit me in the face with a no I was uh, I either ducked out of the way or, <laughs> or, or, or if it was if it was Shamal sitting at me I'd probably turn my back on him but uh, <laughs> But uh, no, I was I was lucky enough to uh, to keep the the wire frames uh, intact most of the time. Good stuff. And then for my final question here, Bill, uh, what are you up to these days? You know, where are you living? Do you have a family? Uh, you're retired now. What do you do for fun and hobbies? You mentioned a little bit earlier that you've been married for for quite some time. Hopefully, that one question about the groupies won't get you in trouble. But uh, let's hear what what's been going on in your life since. Uh, over the the, the last uh, several years here. Well, let's see. Uh, actually, I want you and you've talked to my wife Kathy several times. So, so she was actually my uh, kind of my boss at uh, at Menlo. She was the assistant AD at Menlo. So, so oh, I, boy. I, I had to I, I had to watch my P's and Q's and my paperwork there. But uh, no, we live up in a, a place called uh, Weed, California, which is about an hour's uh, journey north to the Oregon border. Um, we, it's a pristine area. We live on the golf course. We live on a golf course here, Lake Chastina Golf Course. Uh, I retired when I was, uh, I retired from Memo when I was about 65, I think. Now 72. So that was seven years ago. And my wife retired and we, 
we came up here. We have a nice house, a great house for, for the two of us. And uh, my deck overlooks a 14,000-foot mountain, Mount Shasta, and, and the golf course. We're on the sixth fairway. And basically, I play golf. <laughs> if, if, I, if, if, if it's 50 degrees and it's uh, and there's no snow on the golf course, I'm out on the golf course. Summertime, I play probably three or four times a week. So basically, both of us play play golf, and we go on we go when we go on vacation, we'll go to some place you know that we haven't played golf before. But that that's pretty much what we do. We've we've uh, we have no no children, so it's easy for us to pick up and leave and go somewhere. So we've. Uh, Forty-eight years of marriage. I think that has to be a, somewhat of a record in uh, in volleyball. I, I don't know if it is, but it's got to be up there. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, the only other one I could think of is um, I think skates uh, might not be too far behind you there too. So that's some good stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, that concludes uh, our interview for today, Bill. I, I just want to say thanks. This is really, really kind of a, a great experience for me, and it, it still blows my mind that. One day I showed up at work at the college that I work at, and your voice is on my voicemail after having found the website. And how, how did you find that number to call there? I just thought that was like the neatest story. I was like, I just about fell over. And by the way, I've saved that thing on there at my voicemail for like five months. But like I said, you know, I said, you know, my wife was watching The Voice. She watches The Voice, so I, I go upstairs because <laughs> I knocked into The Voice program. So and I was and I and I was just you know every once in a while I'd go what what was Buzz doing what was Tom Shamalas doing so I, I think I I, I Google Tom Shamalas and I got onto your dot to go to website I'd never seen it before and and I listened to several of the interviews and and you know I'm, I'm sitting down going God this is nostalgia or whatever I mean Jesus and uh, so then I, I I had no idea how to get in touch with you I had your name was on the thing so I I looked up and your name's not the Kind of like an Emily, that your name's not not Jones or Smith. So I right. I googled you, came up came up with the with the with the number from your college, and I said, well, like I said, I said I called up, gave left a message, and I said, if this isn't the right guy, I'm sorry for bothering you. <laughs> um, but, but obviously, it was uh, it was the right the right number. So that's how I got it. You know, that's it. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to thank you and say this is fantastic. And, and and what a thrill for, for all of us, you know, old time seventies guys to hear our contemporaries talk about it and just shake your shake our heads, going, yeah, that was really fun, you know, that was the greatest, you know. And so we, I I appreciated your effort in, in doing it, that's for sure. Oh, I it's it's a like a I love doing it. It's an honor. Like I always tell everyone, <laughs> people think that um I do this like and it's painful it's like i would i would have cashed in my 401k to talk to all you guys this is like a <laughs> f- fantasy dream for me like those people that pay money to go to like a play with the dodgers or something at one of those fantasy camps but now i get to do it you know via email with gage or on the phone with von hagen or lang or shamalis and uh you know it's it's really neat so nonetheless like chris marlowe once said that you know all you guys who played during that era are like an encyclopedia of knowledge of that sport and it's imperative that it gets captured somehow in some way so uh for me to as an amateur hack be able to um <laughs> do this over the phone with you and and capture it and be able to share it soon, um, you know, uh, on a podcast and then make it into a video and time it so that, you know, other fellow players can enjoy it and your family and, and just as importantly for future generations, this is, uh, you know, important to get done. So I'm, I, this was two hours of, uh, one of the best days I've had in a while. So thanks for your time, Bill. It was really cool. Hey, it's, uh, it's reciprocal, Scott. So thank, thank you very much. And, uh, and like I said, uh, Kathy and I are going to send you something that nobody else in Wisconsin has. All right. Me. Man, I'll take it. I, I need all the help I can get. <laughs> this concludes our interview with Bill and Wally. I'd like to thank Bill and his wife, Kathy, for their uh, time and assistance with setting this up. Uh, Bill's a pretty engaging guy and was a pleasure to speak with. So thanks a lot, Bill. 
Next week's podcast interview will feature 48-time winner on the beach, five-time Manhattan Beach Open champion, and two-time world champion, Jim Mingus. If you have any questions, comments, or recommendations for players, uh, coaches, or historical figures in the sport for me to interview, I'm always open to hearing about that and, and can be reached at the following email address. Gods, two ghosts, VB at gmail.com. That's G-O-D-S-T-O-G-H-O-S-T-S-V-B at gmail.com. Please check us out on all the primary mediums of which you can listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, etc. And you can also check out our website, GodsToGhosts.com. Look forward to sharing more great content with you in the weeks to come. The plan is to release a new podcast or two every Monday moving forward. Thank you.